the essential guide to surviving humanity with Michelle Frost and Gareth Wax. So we are calling this topic gentrification. We had a bit of a discussion about what we were actually going to we talk did. about. So yeah, yeah. Richmond is kind of special. I kind of feel it's a special. It is a microcosm. I get that. Yeah, and and we've both kind of lived in this area for most of our lives, really. Yeah. And what we were saying was that where it was a sort of lovely little suburbia, all kind of of its own, because it's sort of it's Greater London, isn't it? It didn't not... feel like any other town no. I've ever been to in around London. It feels kind of almost rural. So much. It's it's right on the edge of it, with lots of green stuff. The river and, you know, the parks and everything. And we felt a little bit separate from, I guess, the Ealings and the Hounds. There were, what I refer to, a fair amount of useful shops, mm-hmm. things for fixing things. There was a fish market in Richmond. There were a certain number of, you know, you used to buy from yeah, Topshop, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, lots of, and also lots of independent And, of course, Marks and, Marks and Sparks. You have to have Marks and Sparks. Of course. And then there was a, a nice pet shop, which was and very family-friendly. And, and the ice rink. Mm. And it was almost like a little destination thing to do. You knew you could go to the ice rink. Yeah, you kind of felt that you were on a holiday. A yes. Bit, didn't you? Like, it was a kind of holiday place to go. Absolutely. Yeah. And over the years, it's inexorably been a sort of absorbed into the mainstream of London so it's kind of got busier the useful shops have all seemed to disappear all the useful shops not all of them the ones that have left have all gone a bit upper market it's homogenized isn't it I guess is the right word yeah because you know I remember going to places like I don't know Guildford or you know and you get the same old line of shops you get a mall or something like that yes and Richmond sort of I mean obviously it now didn't a lot feel of, that way it no, felt like it still had its had its character it's real character I mm. remember little bookshops around the, it was little cobbled streets well, that's there was little it bookshops and that famous fish and chip shop which is still there yeah it has lost its soul and it's so sad I, I just <sighs> I, it's it's still got the beautiful riverside we have lost Dickens and Jones. Now, what were your memories of Dickens and Jones? Oh, Dickens and Jones used to be a treat to go to. It was like if you went to Harrods. Everything was a little bit, I don't know, snooty without meaning to be snooty. If you weren't careful, you were going to get drowned in perfume. A sort of twee, through. wasn't it? So it you was have very the same twee. ladies. My mother absolutely relied on the lady at the, I don't know, I want to, it's not Christian Dior, but one of those, you know, Elizabeth yeah. Arden, where she'd get her lipstick. And the lady knew the exact colour of the lipstick that my mother always had. Would you like your unusual? Like the pubs, would you like your regular? Oh, God. And there was something very personalised. And also satisfying, and almost like it's a... It's my home store, mm, in a way. Exactly, and it provided everything you needed. And that's because there was a little... There was quite a focus on... The high street, you know, you like your local shops. You'd pop into your local grocers. That sort of feeling seems to be disappearing. There used to be a butcher's right in the middle of Richmond. There was even a little undertaker's there, for goodness sake. And you kind of would, you kind of would recognise the same people there. You yes. Know, you know who ran yes. it and who managed it. Now, I mean, this is the the case across the whole of, you know, I guess Western Europe, but the whole of England. You never yeah. feel that there's that personalised touch. Well, I think you have to go out to the villages. Yeah. Out to the sticks to feel that way now. Mm. And I think certainly in Richmond, as it's become more, as you say, homogenised, and I think it's the influx of money. So you've got moneyed people from abroad, you've got uh, Germans, you've got Dutch, you've got French, even Mexicans next door. We've, yeah. got, we've got all sorts of people coming in. And they've brought with their money the need for more restaurants. We've now got an ivy here, for God's sake. We have got an ivy. And Gaucho Grill, all that stuff. They've outnumbered 
any of the more useful shops. Yeah, yeah. And I, um, I think it's things like the German schools, so you have certain schools, so then there's yeah. a whole, as you say, you've got a digital... I like the cosmopolitan aspect of it, yes. I love the fact that you can have a hundred... I mean, this used to be bemoaned by a lot of British people, but I love it. I love the fact that we're multi- multicultural. But the problem is... With the extra money that came in, came a need to push away anything that might be considered mucky or dirty. They've all gone to Hounslow. Yes. And that's where you have to go. Yeah, yeah. So what is this term, gentrification? I mean, I feel like it's a fairly new term, because I live in Isleworth, so I don't actually can't claim to live in Richmond, but I live in Isleworth, which is kind of on the brink of Hounslow and Richmond. I've got the sort of best of both worlds, if you like. And in the time that I've been there, which is 17 years, they have raised Brunel University and built these huge multi-million pound flats, small flats, but, you know, costing But each one of them is like an eye-watering amount. Yeah, and many of them not inhabited. So like you say, these are people that are investing in the area, but don't actually live They buy them and they just sit there. This is going to sound like I'm I'm a tedious moaning old man google defines gentrification i mean not like google's the god but i just thought i'd pick it as uh, the process whereby the character of a poor urban area is changed by wealthier people moving in improving housing and attracting new businesses often displacing current inhabitants in the process maybe that last part is important isn't it because, well it is it's yeah. all very well when you shove up the area but when local inhabitants can no longer afford, to, no live longer there. afford to live there and so it becomes a very different uh, i mean I, I use the word energy but a very different feel about the place we have definitely benefited from the gentrification in Isleworth in that we now have a little saturday market we have a, a south african restaurant we've got an italian restaurant we've got a hairdresser none of these a noodle bar none of these were there when i first moved there i had to go into richmond for my shopping okay but there is a sense of let's say lower lower middle class lower class is having to leave the area so now again there's a sort it's, of it's an exa- inexorable force that pushes out what is considered the people who can't afford that standard of living to live in poor areas let me give you a case in point when i was a kid most of the people in this road and i knew it was it was very very much a familial road. Everybody knew each other. And most of our neighbours were second generation had lived in that same house. So they'd been there from 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And the average price of houses paid back then, I mean, this is going back, what, 50, 60 years ago, was 6000 to £8,000 for the house. Wow. So my father bought this house £6,900 cash. No mortgage, done. They didn't really even have mortgages of that kind. And it was a quietish backwater back then. It had only just been turned into these roads locally here, away from green fields so beside is, the this Thames. Is, this is called East Twickenham, isn't it? This is, to, and most people have no clue where East Twickenham is. No. Oh, so you're near St Margaret's? Well, not really. No, St Margaret's is like a mile that way. Mm. Oh, so you're in Richmond? Well, we are, because it's Greater Richmond. But let me explain to now my next-door neighbour multi-millionaire the other next door neighbor multi-millionaire mm. across the road uh, it magnet multi-millionaire next to him a film producer multi-millionaire all these people relatively to me knew so dear listener i was living here until about the age of 14 or 15 uh, 16 really was the last time i lived here full time and then between 16 and 18 i was in and out in and out bad times you come home live with mum and dad and then you disappear off and then from about 18 until 23 24 i was on tour 
And by the time I came back, I came on tour for a brief period of time, came back and on tour again, brief periods of time. So I spent most of my time away from the house. When I came back properly was only four and a half, five years ago. The only people on the road who are the same are my best friend's mum and dad, or best friend from when I was a kid, the Dawns, number mm. 26. Mm. They are they're still the same people. And the upshot of this, obviously, is Everybody that around us has pushed the prices of everything up. Yeah, so the upshot of this is that young people, young couples... Not a chance. Not Nowhere in London are they going to be able to... Well, the couple over the road, who are now, interesting enough, they want to get the hell out. They formed quite a strong attachment to me and Heather. And they announced what they're going to do is rent their house out and go and live in Ibiza. They're the only young people on the road. I predict a massive exodus of London. I think London is going to become a ghost town and it will be populated by, yes, as you say, outsiders, people with a lot of money that don't necessarily live in the places. This is just like a London. We're at the risk, I guess, of sounding prejudice, but I think as, you know, born and bred here, and that is actually a rare thing to be able to say now, isn't it? We're born and bred in London. Yes. And now it feels less like London, less like Richmond, less like a home, because I think really having location that feels like home is so important. I think really that's why you're leaving, isn't it? Is that you Well, to... we're leaving for a number of reasons. We're leaving because we've been priced out. Because the price of these places are in the millions now. So we're selling it, and the money is going to go to pay off debts for my father, and, and also it's going to be split with my sister. And by the time we've finished, I couldn't afford to buy a place in London with that. Mm-hmm. Around this area, you need a million plus to be able to afford anything. We're not coming out with that. Interesting enough, it's propelling us back towards my wife's neighbourhood in Essex. So we're going to be, what, in Halstead, which is on Suffolk, uh, Essex borders. And I think, in a way, we'll be in the country, everything will be a lot quieter. Uh, we're getting a lot more, lot more. We're getting six bedrooms, for goodness sakes, mm. for the same money. Yeah, I think a lot of this is about quality of life, and people are kind yes. of going, okay, postcode less important, quality of life much more important. Oh yes, you know what's it's affordable. the speed of life, I think. Yeah, and we, you know, we it's do all getting have, too frenetic. Yeah, we do have Manu who uh, has his own independent grocery store, mm-hmm. very expensive, but. I love the fact that I can go to Manu and know that this is fresh vegetables and I just hope that he survives and that little independents like that don't get completely pushed out because what's the point of a little town um, if it's just full of, uh, you know, cafes? Well, tell me this, was Manu always that expensive or has he had to push his prices up to cope and compete? Oh, yeah, and to, to, to deal with the lease. I bet you he was comparable prices or a little bit more expensive perhaps well he was down there really closer to Hounslow and he saw this opportunity came up and right. I guess it's a bit of both worlds isn't right. it okay I'm gonna have a better location mm. probably wealthier customers put up the prices make a bit more profit but hats off to him and more hairdressers more nail and beauty shops they're, they're popping up everywhere and again you sort of lose the real soul of a, a little village or town I think that's what we're saying aren't we I kind of I was fighting for the soul of these small groupings, call them towns or villages, with realising that over time, even Isleworth is gradually being absorbed into London. Mm. And give it another 10 years, and it will just be another enclave of London. Yeah, 
another, you know, another, we called it uh, St. Margaret's, it's full of yummy mummies, but there's an element of that, you know. Yeah. And the four by fours, these massive, I really feel like a grumpy old happening. woman. But, but no that with the uh, school built, built there, this area is going to be full of yummy yeah, mummies. Yeah, these massive, these massive tanks going around. Oh, my and you goodness. think Chelsea tractors, this I think will never go, Yeah. And we're never going to be able to go back. This is something that's going to keep advancing, isn't it? There's no going yeah. back from The benefits are we're moving away from this xenophobic trope that seems to be everywhere that, you know, British, 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 and all the rest of it. We have to face the fact that we are, whether we like it or not, and will always be from here on in, multicultural. So you're going to have League of Nations bits and pieces everywhere. That's fine. But the problem is the pricing. The problem is the fact that it becomes unaffordable to anyone that the ever-increasing gulf between the haves and the have-nots. It's massive here in the UK. You know, we hear about it more and more. And yes, there is social housing, and you have to put social housing when you put up a new uh, development. Yes. But I'm not sure whether that's the answer, really. No, I'm not sure it's the answer either. I'm just conscious of the fact that I won't... I'm being terrible, really, because I'm wanting the benefits without wanting to pay for it. And, And the benefits, of course, is with being ever closer links to London, you've got better ties to more different things. You're going to end up with more and more of a 24-7 situation, mm. you know. Yeah, but I think the fact that all this land and all many shops are being replaced by more and more residential... But I swear they, they define the, the council tax and the rates and everything else by what they perceive as the, the value and the expense of the area. Mm. And so you've got all these very expensive properties coming on the market and being snapped up by the Greeks, the, the, the Russians, the, 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 the Chinese and the, the Indians <laughs> yeah. and, and everybody else for that matter. Um, and that then shoves up the value of the area, which means the houses become even less affordable. Mm, mm. So we're sounding like two grumpy old people, aren't but we? But I've got to say, okay, let me, let, me, <laughs> let, me try and, let me try and write this boat, which is kind of veering <laughs> dangerous, dangerously off course. Okay, so look, it has become... Uh, a lovely area to live it was always a lovely area to live but it's still that way and it's so, been a massive attraction attraction to tourists yeah, yeah. which brings in money to to the coffers of the country so that's that's great there have been a lot of great improvement schemes the the, the pedestrianization of some of these areas the way they've improved the pavements to make it easier for people to pass each other especially in the covid in covid times excellent thumbs up all around and we I all have, want to waitrose gareth don't we we all want to waitrose if we're really well, honest yeah perhaps <laughs> and the thing is I, I i still say that around this area they have the best charity shops and i love a good charity yeah, shop. yeah they do they really so, do yeah if you've got an um, affluent area you get really good bargains so, so unfortunately that is part of the upside from all this mm. the cast offs from a, a gentrified area tend to be of a better quality <laughs> is that is that going to be our conclusion <laughs> I miss the fact that when people used to, I say, say I was in Richmond, they go, oh, that's really far out. Yeah, That's a little, yeah. long way from R- yeah. London, isn't it? Yeah, it's a real, real adventure. Now it's just, yeah, it's another part of London, isn't it? Mm. I still do love the area and I will miss it when I go. But do you know what? The part that does annoy me is the inexorable move towards the upper middle class. I would like it. It just sat in the middle and carried on that way. But I suppose that's just me not wanting change. No, I think that's a big part of it. And I think what we're realising, us two, is that location... I almost said location, location, location. Go on, you know you want to. Location, location, location. There you go. It is important. What we see when we step out of our doors and walk around the corner 
is really a big part of our quality of life. It's always going to be that way. And I think we just have to accept that. Also, the life cycle of an area, it vacillates from one extreme to the other. It can quite easily do so. We should be thankful that the area has at least maintained some character. And the character of relatively goodness. I mean, I used to have, if you remember, my silly little buggy, the uh, the Q-Pod. I used to drive, ladies and gents, a, uh, a two-seater little buggy around the place and people used to point and stare and laugh and, and wave um but the interesting th- thing was i used to have it also when i used to live in north london i used to live in edgeware as well in edgeware people don't give up monkeys about you you drive out they want to bash into you it, it was it felt like driving on those roads felt like more of a fight here when they people stop and wave and they want to talk to you. We are a friendly town and there are lots of eccentrics here and I just think the more eccentrics the better. Please may there not be a time where there are no eccentrics in a town because no, I would miss I, that massively. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, arguably every every ta- village has an idiot. I think I'm probably it. The, the, point, <laughs> the point is that we don't want it to lose all its character no. and I think at the moment it hasn't done. No. And I suppose if we can learn anything from this podcast it's just that you can achieve some level of gentrification without eradicating some of the cutesiness and the loveliness that can be within an area anyway yeah if there's someone who can fix my phone that's really <laughs> important <laughs> So what it comes down to is that, that Michelle really just wants somebody to be able to fix her phone when it breaks. And and she's a happy bunny if, as long as she knows where that can be done. Yes, is that what you're saying? I am. <laughs> and I don't think they were there when we grew up in Richmond. No, probably not. But do you know what? I bemoan things like the, the loss of the ice rink. You and I both used to spend hours down there. Mm. Oh, it used to be a good place to meet people. Yeah. Whether you could skate or not, I I couldn't skate for toffee, so I I spent all my time sidling around the edge, and then. But it wasn't well, just not, about the bullying. I know what it is. We had, it was a sense of community. <laughs> so, in summary, what we're saying is that we are both grieving the loss of soul and the sense of community and a place to the With, other. But, but still acknowledging the fact there is some of it still left. And we should well, appreciate it while it's still I here. I haven't pulled anyone <laughs> To conclude, go to the charity shops and get better standard of clothes. And find a decent pulling place if that's what you want. This has been The Essential Guide to Surviving Humanity with Michelle Frost and Gareth Wax. Mm-hmm.